Oftentimes when I pray, I will conclude the prayer with something of this nature. Lord, I expect that you will do what your word says. Because the Bible says he went with them, confirming his word with signs following. I don't think it's wrong to pray that because God wants us to have a sense of expectation. The parable he told of the woman who continued to press the judge to get a ruling in her favor. King James calls it importunity. It was just persistence. And finally, out of that persistence, okay, fine, I rule in your favor. And, and Jesus says, shall not the Lord also... In other words, he's going to rule and judge quickly. He's going to act. But it's not that he's an unjust judge. Because that's what that judge was. What it's saying is, if an unjust judge can be moved by persistence, how much more can the just judge be moved by persistence? I expect that God is going to do what he said he would do. Amen. 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 I have a word from the Lord I want to share with you. I'll be as long as the Lord will let me. Hopefully that's not too, too long. I'm hungry for lunch too. Acts chapter 4, verse 1. Greet and bless all of you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for being here today. All of you joining us online, God bless you in Jesus' name. Acts chapter 4, verse 1. If you got it, say, I got it. If you don't have it, say, hold on a minute. We've got a couple hold on a minute, so we'll hold on a minute. Hallelujah. It is on the screen if you want it there too. I, I like to also have it on mine and I understand that. Praise the Lord. Acts chapter 4 verse 1. And as they spake unto the people, the priests, and the captain of the temple, the Sadducees came upon them. Being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus... The resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold to the next day, for it was now evening. However, <laughs> somebody say, however. however. However, many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. Now, I know today, you know, thank God we have equal rights and all of that. Women can vote and so on and so forth. But a lot of the idea of the times then was you would count the men and the women would just be, you know, kind of like the parable of the feeding of the 5,000. If you read it, it says 5,000 men beside women and children. It's very possible that there were also some women and children here too. It could have been more than 5,000 is what I'm saying. There was at least 5,000 men. And if half of them were married, there's 7,500. And if half of them had kids, there might be about 10,000. Somebody say, however. however. I'm going to preach today with the help of the Lord, God's unstoppable church. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you for this opportunity to preach your word and minister to your people. Make my tongue the pen of a ready writer and write your word upon our hearts through this message. Your word is anointed and appointed for this moment and this time. And you will confirm your word with signs following, for that is what your word says. So make me to walk in your spirit and not in my flesh. In the name of Jesus, and would you say amen? 
God bless you. You may be seated. Again, it is so good to have all of you here today. God bless you. I want to also give a shout out to the Fridays. This is not Brooklyn and Colin, but this is Colin's mom and dad. Amen. Brooklyn in-laws. We're glad they're up this weekend seeing the kids, and we're going to uh, fellowship with them later on tonight. But pray for them. They're heading back tomorrow to their home. But so glad you guys are here. Love you in Jesus' name. Throughout history, rulers... And empires have fought to conquer the world. But none have succeeded in their mission. There have been some that their empires have stretched across continents, across vast oceans. But none have succeeded in conquering the world. Interestingly though, Jesus' name, Christianity, has reached every continent, every century, and every culture of people. It's gone behind the Iron Curtain. It's gone behind the bamboo curtain. It's gone into North Korea. It's gone into Muslim nations where it's illegal. It has gone into villages and hamlets. The Bible, the Jesus name message has reached the globe and still is spanning the globe today. The Babylonians rose to power and they ruled and conquered, but they fizzled out. The Median Persian Empire who conquered the Babylonians rose to fame and power, but they fizzled out. The Roman Empire, amen, came to its uh, zenith and its power, but they too also disbanded. The Grecian Empire under Alexander the Great, uh, he conquered, quote unquote, what he thought was the world at that time, uh, died at a young age, and his so-called kingdom split into four different groups. The Ottoman Empire, the Ottoman Caliphate, who ruled over a thousand years, ended at the end of World War I. The Japanese Empire and their attempt to take over China and all of the islands that they did ended, and today they they are still in existence, but they're not a world empire as they were. Hitler thought he could take over the world with Nazi Germany, but he found out he couldn't. But I've come to tell you that all of these I've mentioned and others, although they had a measure of success, although we know about them from history, they failed in their attempt to rule the world generation after generation, century after century. But the church of Jesus Christ Christ, who is built upon the solid rock of His Holy Word, is growing and multiplying daily because God's church is unstoppable. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. 1,700 years ago, it's a long time, 1,700 years ago, the Roman Emperor Diocletian built two pillars in Spain, the eastern extent of their empire. And he claimed on both of them that he, the Roman Emperor Diocletian, had eradicated Christianity from the earth. <laughs> Fat chance, Diocletian. 1,700 years later, Christianity still is growing. In 1933, 
long before World War II got off on its unfortunate uh, role. Hitler, who hated God and wanted to eradicate Christianity, said, it is through the peasantry that we shall be able to destroy Christianity. One is either a Christian or a German. You can't be both. Well, I've come to tell Hitler he's wrong. There are many Germans who are Christians today believing the one true God, baptizing in Jesus' name, filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Joseph Stalin, Mao Zedong, and many more have closed churches, burned Bibles, murdered Christians, and done everything they can to stop the church. But I'm still here to tell you, God's church is unstoppable. All of these through history have almost stopped the church, but they didn't succeed. The Bible has a few that experienced almost. You see, Asaph in Psalm 73 said, But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. You know what that means? It just means it didn't happen. I almost backslid, but I didn't. I almost tripped up, but I didn't. Ah. The devil almost got me to, but he didn't. Oh. Another psalmist wrote in Psalm 94, and he said, Unless the Lord had been my help, my soul had almost dwelt in silence. The devil almost convinced me that God doesn't want to hear my prayer. The devil almost convinced me that I'm all alone and isolated. He almost got me to believe it, but he didn't. In Psalm 119, another psalmist said this about those who were persecuting. He said, they had almost consumed me upon the earth, but I forsook not your precepts. They tried to stop me from believing. They tried to stop me from praying. They tried to stop me from doing what I was supposed to do, but it didn't work. You see, Asaph's almost backsliding and the psalmist's almost dwelling in silence and the other psalmist's enemies almost consuming him is, is about as corny as saying the 49ers almost won the Super Bowl. That just means they didn't. You a Chiefs fan, sister? <laughs> oh, just, I'm teasing. He almost got me. He almost tripped me up. They almost stopped the church. They almost eradicated Christianity. They just didn't. Mm. Oh, hallelujah. So, to the claims of any who think that they will eradicate Christianity and stop God's church, they might almost do it but they won't succeed. And here's why. Because they're attempting to stop something that has already been fulfilled. If I said to you today, I am going to stop Pastor Lucas from preaching first word, uh, first word's already happened. He's already preached. 
I mean, how corny would that sound? How, how ignorant would that sound? I'm going to keep Pastor Lucas from preaching first word on March 3rd, 2024. I almost did, I guess. But I didn't. Let me prove it. Watch this. Go to Psalm chapter 2. Why do the heathen rage? And the people imagine a vain thing. The kings of the earth, everything is in this present tense. They, they imagine this vain thing. They set themselves, the rulers take counsel together against the Lord, against his anointed, saying, let us break their bands of asunder, cast away their courts from us. He that sits, in, but watch, he that sits in the heavens, who's that? God. He that sits in the heavens shall laugh. God laughs at their attempt. And he's sitting. Now, this does not mean he's aloof or on a you know, coffee break. What this means is he's sitting at his throne of judgment. <laughs> the, he that sits in heaven shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sword of displeasure. Now, watch verse 6. The tense, the grammar changes. Yet have I set my king up upon my holy hill. They're over here trying to stop it, and God says, I've already done it. Do you see just how blatantly stupid Satan and his attempts to stop the church are? He's over here getting a war council together. Let's see what we can do. Let's see if we can discourage. Let's see. It's already done, it's already established. It's already forever settled in heaven because it's in the word of God. Upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That is forever settled. There is nothing that can stop that word from being fulfilled. Isaiah says, the Lord says something. Who can annul it? No one. There's not a court. There's not a system. There's not a government. There's not a power. There's not an authority. There's not a military that can undo what God has already said. Oh, wait a minute. Somebody needs to hear what I'm saying. If God be for us, who can be against us? God has already declared, I'm for you. God has already declared, I'm with you. Who can be against God plus you is the majority. Mm. Praise God. Praise God. He's already done it. It's already set in stone. Hallelujah. It's kind of like the billboard I saw one time. Quotations. I don't believe in you either, God. People say, I don't believe in God. Well, okay. That don't change. He's there. He's real. By the way, Peter will refer to Acts chapter 2 uh, in Acts 4, 25 through 27. He'll refer to Act, uh, Psalm 2, rather, and he'll mention that Herod and Pilate and the rulers were, were like that. That the Lord is his anointed. He's already established. And what they tried to stop, he's, it's already done. <laughs> you, you can't... <sighs> okay, okay. I want you to get this image, Okay. How many have been to the ocean? Anybody been to the ocean? I don't care. Pacific, Atlantic, doesn't matter. Mediterranean, doesn't matter. Okay. How many of you have seen pictures of the ocean, all right? Okay. So either you've been or you've seen, so you know. Everybody know what an ocean is, right? Okay. Okay. Good. Earlier, we was making sure geography, St. Louis and South Carolina from here. You know, now we're making sure. Okay. All right. So watch this. 
Can you imagine if Shannon and I go home to visit her, her parents and, and we decide to go to see Shane uh, and Jackie, you can be with us too. Where are you, Jackie? Uh, she, she's out right now. Okay. Jackie, well, she can't go then. Amen. <laughs> uh, Brooklyn. Oh, yes. Brooklyn. And Con, you guys want to go to Maine, right? Again? Okay. Get some lobster. I bet your dad might like. So you want to come to Okay. So the Fridays are coming. The Fridays and the Fridays. Man, it's going to be a big trip. Uh, I know, Brother Keith, you want to go and get a lobster, so, all right. Brother Terry, anybody else want to go? I got a big bus. Okay. All right, here we go. We, we got ourselves a greyhound now. Okay. Now, can you imagine? Let, let me tell you how stupid the devil is. He's trying to stop the church. This is how stupid it would be. Imagine if I went to the beach by my brother-in-law's house, and I took a mop bucket and a mop. You think I'm going to mop up the ocean? <laughs> That's about how dumb the devil is trying to stop the church. It's already established. It's already built. It's already growing. He can't stop the church. Oh, he can try. And he will. Give him an A for effort. But he'll fail. Even in the end times, he'll fail. The Bible says this in Daniel chapter 11, 32, 33. This is talking about a time when the Antichrist is here. Such shall do wickedly against the covenant. He shall corrupt by flatteries. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And they that understand among the people shall instruct many Yet they shall fall by the sword and by the flame, by captivity, by spoil, many days. Even though there's persecution, they're still going to do exploits. They're still going to instruct. But watch. In chapter 12, verse 10, many shall be purified and made white and tried. But the wicked shall do wiggily. None of the wicked shall understand. But the wise shall understand. I've come to tell you that even in the very last moment, even with all the persecution coming against the church, it's still going to stand. It's still going to rise. It's still going to grow. <laughs> Satan will never be able to stop the church. God birthed his church in victory. And it will be glorified in victory when he returns. Amen. That brings us back to our text. That's a big introduction to get back to our text. <laughs> the captain of the temple guard comes. The Sadducees come. They arrest Peter and John because they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection of the dead. Huh. By the way, and, and here's an easy way to remember this. This is interesting to me. I've never really grasped this in my spirit. The Pharisees believed all of the Bible at that time, which was the, the Torah, the scrolls, the prophets, all of that. They believed in all of it. The Sadducees, on the other hand, only believed in the first five books, the Torah. They didn't believe in anything else. They didn't believe in an afterlife. They didn't believe in resurrection. They didn't believe in angels. How they could consider themselves scholars of the law, I don't know. That'd be like a single person trying to tell me how to act in my marriage. Okay, good luck with that. <laughs> right? You might have book knowledge. You might have been to school. You might have got a doctorate degree in sociology or whatever. Great, good for you. 
I remember one time someone who had no children tried to tell me what she would do if she did have children. So I tell you what, I tell you what, when, when you have real children, not hypothetical children, come back and we'll talk. I've had people say, well, if I was the pastor, okay, I'll, I'll give you the keys for a day. Let's see what you can do. Amen. Moving on before I get into my flesh and not the spirit. But the Sadducees didn't even believe in the resurrection. Now, here's what's interesting. A notable miracle has been, if you read the, the account, they recognize, a not, Brother Mac preached about it a little bit, they, a notable miracle has been done. They've seen this man lying there at the beautiful gate. They've walked by him. They've probably given him money. So instead of glorifying God with everybody else, they're mad because after the miracle, Peter and John are saying, Jesus is alive. Jesus gave this man his strength and his ankle bones. Jesus is God. And they're like, we're going to arrest you for saying that. Huh? You, you mean the good deed we did through the name of Jesus? That's not even going to be talked about? Right. In other words, why did they do this? And they were forceful with it. If you read the, behind the text, you can see this wasn't like, hey, can you come peacefully with us? No, they were forceful. They were wanting to say, hey, <clears throat> we colluded with Rome and got Jesus killed. We'll kill you too. They were trying to threaten them. They were trying to get them afraid. And while they're trying to get them afraid, while they're roughing them up a little bit, while they're kind of dragging them along a little bit, 5,000 men say, you know what? I want that Jesus. I want that Jesus that's bold enough to stand up and say he's alive. I want to know who that Jesus is. The devil can't stop the church. Woo! Hallelujah. In fact, their opposition only served to fuel revival. I'll never forget the time I had a missionary come. We were in Caribou. And uh, we went to Tim Hortons. The only place open late enough after church to go. Um, and they had sandwiches and soups and salads as well as donuts and coffee and all that. Well, anyway, we went. And the missionary said to me, he says, so what's the prerequisites for revival? I'm like, well, unity, yeah, 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 prayer, yeah, worship, yeah. I said, faith, yeah. He said, I'm looking for more. I'm like, um, okay. Uh, he says, you're, you're missing one key component. I said, what's that? He said, you're missing persecution. I'm like, what'd they put in your soup? <laughs> what? <laughs> he said, read it. Every time the church got persecuted, they grew. Every time the church got persecuted, they spread. So let me just say this. If persecution comes, here's why it's coming. Because you have value to God, and you're a threat to the kingdom of darkness. And remember, you're an ambassador, according to 2 Corinthians 5, if you're born again. Therefore, don't take it personal. It's not about you. It's about who you represent. 
You're an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're an ambassador of his unshakable kingdom. Therefore, the enemy's not attacking you. He's trying to get at God. Oh, hallelujah. These leaders will go on to threaten in verse 17. They'll tell him, don't preach in his name. Hmm. I'm glad Peter and John didn't obey that rule. I'm glad Peter said, uh, you choose. Do we obey God or you? <laughs> We're choosing God. Their efforts, though, to stop the preaching of the name of Jesus failed miserably. It just spread the gospel. According to the Pew Research Center, at the end of 2023, just a couple of months ago, there are now 2.4 billion Christians in the world who believe in monotheism, one God. 2.4. That's more than 25%. There's about 8 billion people in the world today. The Pew Research Center went on to say, and I quote, the world, Christianity is the world's largest and most widespread religion. You know from a few weeks ago, from some of the same articles I referenced to you, how that Pentecostalism, the speaking in tongues, the baptism of his name, is the fastest growing. So what those Sadducees and Pharisees and rulers and scribes tried to stop in Acts chapter 4 is now spread across and in our day is the fastest growing belief. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I like how the book of Acts ends. Acts chapter 28 verse 31. Here's Paul preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus with all confidence, no man forbidding him. That's how it ends. That instead of an amen, instead of the end, it's saying the church is unstoppable. When you preach the kingdom of God, when you talk about Jesus Christ, that is unstoppable. Hallelujah. In Hebrews 12, 28, the Bible says, Wherefore we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. That means shaken. When God comes back and the whole earth shakes at His coming, those who are born again, those who are baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire, they will not be moved. They will not be shaken. We have a kingdom that is unshakable. We are part of the church that is unstoppable. And so, since his church is unstoppable, and since his kingdom is unshakable, the best thing you can do is become a full-fledged disciple of Jesus Christ in his church and in his kingdom. And if you are born again, then keep growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior. Keep telling people about who Jesus is. Keep sharing the gospel with others and remain a thriving part of God's unshakable kingdom and his unstoppable church. If you're not born again, why wait? Today's the day. We've got plenty of robes and towels. We can baptize you in the name of Jesus. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit and start a journey of becoming a thriving part of God's unshakable kingdom and His glorious, unstoppable church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Whew. Shannon, can you come get me a key that I can sing good in? I used to say G for Jesus, but I think I'm in a different key now. Oh, hallelujah. 
Let me tell you this. With his blood, Jesus paid the price for all to be saved. Purchasing the church, Acts 20, 28. He gave his life and his blood. The Bible says, as a ransom for all. Matthew 20, 28 and Mark 10, 45 both record this. That means we must go through the blood and the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. There's no other way. Mm. There's no other way. Later in Acts chapter 4, he's, Peter preaches this, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now, we'll sing that one in a minute. I like that one. But I'm going to do another one first. There's an old song that just keeps asking questions over and over. Mm-hmm. Just says, have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed? Are you in my key? Oh, there we go. Okay, I can hear it now. Couldn't hear it in the monitor. Can I have some keyboard in the monitors up here? Well, then turn it up, please. I need to hear it. I'm deaf. Oh, have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you walking daily? By the Savior's side Are you washed in the blood Of the Lamb Do you rest each moment In the crucified Are you washed In the blood Of the Lamb Watch this When the bridegroom cometh Will your robes be white Pure and white In the blood of the Lamb soul be ready for that city bride are you washed in the blood of the lamb now for those who need to repent and get saved lay aside those garments that are stained with sin and be washed in the blood of the lamb cause there's a fountain flowing for the soul In the blood of the Lamb Are you washed in the blood In the soul cleansing blood of the Lamb White as snow are you
sing it and praise God for singing it, it's another thing to answer it. So, are you washed? And, and if you are, praise the Lord. Amen. That's good. If you're not, today's the day of salvation. Right now is the accepted time. Don't wait. Don't wait till next week. Don't wait till the 25th anniversary celebration. Don't wait till Nebraska conference. Don't wait for an evangelist to come through. Make up in your mind now. If you need a refresher of the blood of Jesus, get back into that glory of His holy name. Amen. Now, we're going to sing another old one. I don't know if you know it or not, but it's a good one. And it's a dose of what I preach today. I'm talking about the church. In the book of Revelation, it's built on the rock. Got a firm foundation. It's been through the flood. It's been through the fire. But one of these days, the church is going to move up high. this church it's more than just the people in this room and some of those watching online it's, it's greater than a couple of neighboring churches in the Omaha metro and Nebraska district and bordering states and it, it's bigger than that it, it's all the millions and billions that today believe that it's all those as well that have gone before us and are asleep in Jesus, as the Bible says in 2 Thessalonians. You know, Brother Daniel, the Bible says in Revelation 7, 9, that when we get there, it's going to be an innumerable host of people, of all nations, of all tongues, of all people. My goodness. Now, now I, I've had some good church. I've danced and shouted. I've even rolled on the floor. I've had some Holy Ghost times. But can you imagine what it's going to be like when you're all of a sudden jumping and dancing and praising God and you look over and there's Paul. <laughs> Woo! Hey, Brother Paul, how you doing? My Lord, have mercy. Brother Keith and I were watching a documentary one time. There's some people called the Waldenses and the 
Albigenses who believed this message and they were wiped out. Their civilization, their culture was extremely wiped out. I can't wait to dance and shout with some of them. Ha! Can you imagine what it's going to be like? Well, all we can do is imagine, but here's what we can do now. We can make sure we're a part of that church right now, right here. We can celebrate together. We can worship together. Amen. And one day, join Jesus together in eternity. Let's clap our hands one more time together. Glory! If you do want to be baptized, Pastor Lucas, would you just raise your hand? Come see Pastor Lucas or come talk to me. I don't see, there's Pastor Jeremy, wave your hand back there. Talk to one of us. Amen. And let's see what God will do in your life in Jesus' name. God bless you. Let's be the church.